Monday. You're you're early. And now it's a glorious Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was early. We're back at it. Mental Health Monday. Today, of course, we got another guest with us. Darian Nyheiser. Welcome to Mental Health Monday. Hey guys, what's up? Hey, what's up, man? Nothing much, nothing much. So uh oh look, we already got people lining up. <laughs> oh <Sorry. hey. laughs> I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of that the next hour. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Darian, tell us uh, a little bit about what you do. Yeah. So essentially what I do is my role, my official role is adult group therapist. Um, I do a lot of like psychoeducation and kind of just like process groups um, with with clients at um, at my center. I won't mention the name of the center necessarily, but um, it's more of like an intensive like outpatient clinic. Um where we provide like group therapy, substance use, um, individual therapy, psychiatry, a lot of things like that, including like nursing and, and other services. Um, but yeah, I basically, I just, I, I run different groups um, throughout the days and maybe one day we'll be teaching about um, different skills um, in the CBT modality and the DBT modality, the, the ACT modality. Right. Um, so that, and um a few other things, but that's just like a broad kind of summary of what I do. Right. So what, uh, what led you to that? Uh, what led me to like the mental health journey just goes so far back, like high school, you know, I always kind of wanted to be a therapist. Um, and just like, it started out as like a desire to just help people. Right. And just because I thought like psych was one of those extracurriculars that was actually fun at my school. And so I took it and I liked it and I just kept running with it um, like 10 years later, you know. Yeah. We're, we're questioning here. What's DBT? DBT is dialectical behavior therapy. And it's a, it's a modality that's kind of under the umbrella of cognitive behavior therapy, except with this, it's... Um, it's pro it's for more people who are less regulated than than more um, neurotypical people, right? So it's for people with like really heavy maybe substance issues, with bipolar disorder, with borderline uh, personality disorder, um, and it basically talks a lot about like our emotions on the day to day, or it'll talk a lot about like interpersonal effectiveness, like how to communicate effectively with people and communicating effectively your, your kind of wants and needs. Um, it deals a lot in like that kind of like realm. It's, it's, it has some CBT elements in it, but um, it's different than CBT. It was, it was created by Marshall Linehan and I'm not sure what the time period was, but Marshall Linehan herself, funny enough, actually um, made the, the modality for DBT while she was in residential for her bipolar diagnosis, right? And it's something like she kind of worked on even like after like getting out of residential. And that's that's the crowd it was made for and it's evidence-based and it's really effective. You know? Yeah. I think she's just gonna keep asking what these uh, initials mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I can break down that one. That's cognitive behavioral. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Asked about CBT, huh? Yeah, CBT. I mean, that's that one's older, right? It was it was made by Albert Ellis and and Aaron Beck, right? And it was it's a it's a modality that they both like worked on and 
and um, debated about a lot. And with this one, as opposed to DBT, CBT kind of proposes that we have more control um, over our cognition in general. DBT doesn't suppose that. DBT suggests that we have like less control over our cognitions. So in CBT, right, you have different models. You have your ABC model, right? And in CBT, you you are tracking, right, how your your thoughts and your kind of core beliefs affect your emotions and behaviors, as well as like physical sensations. Even though it's not in the the typical modality, it's we we kind of point out physical sensations as something we need to keep track of as well because it it it'll hint at what emotional state we're going in. Right. And it'll give us kind of like warning flags when maybe something's about to happen, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Chef, you got any questions over there? I know you'd like to just sit back. <clears throat> yeah, no, I, I'm glad we're getting these. Exp- I didn't I didn't know what a lot of these things were. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm glad we're getting the explanations on the DBT and the CBT. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, both of those are pretty popular. The one that I guess I haven't covered and that I might as well, since I covered the other two popular ones is like acceptance and commitment therapy, right? It's acceptance and commitment therapy is basically DBT, but just more abstract, right? Like DBT is a more tangible skill with more, or I guess more tangible modality with more tangible skills, right? It talks about in distress tolerance, you can you can kind of bring yourself down from an emotionally elevated state by using your body, right? By taking a cold shower, by getting some intense exercise real quick and alleviating kind of like the, the some of the physical like anxiety you build up in a situation, right? ACT is, <laughs> it uses a lot of metaphors because it is really abstract. And it talks about how, how much life, um, can improve and how much you can be effective with your own life when um, when you just learn to accept your situations, right? When you learn to accept that that one of your parents is verbally abusive, when you learn to accept that COVID is a reality, right? Once you accept the reality of certain situations, not just external, but internal, emotionally and cognitively, mentally, right? Mm-hmm. Then you can move forward to the commitment part. Right. We're accepting situations so that we can stop trying to control the uncontrollable. Right. And once we learn how to do that, we got to have some sense of control. Right. So if we're not trying to control the uncontrollable, then the next best thing we can do is control our own behaviors. Right. That's what a lot of focuses with these therapies are, is like focusing on what you can do. Right. And act just says, well, look at your values. What are your values are like? What are your values? Sorry. So like, what are your values? And then move forward in a situation, move forward with a sense of control with those values in mind, you know? So that's what that is. Yeah. A lot of that sounds like, uh, just mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, different looking at things from a different <coughs> sounds like that kind of falls under that category. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause that's not, that's something I think we touch on just about every Monday is, mm-hmm. is changing your perspective on situations. And I think, like you just said, accepting situations that you're in is that mm-hmm. is that looking at it a different way, mm-hmm. um, sort of sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I and I know for me that uh, like I usually know how to deal with with my anxiety or depression, and when it definitely gets 
to its worst point is when I feel like I don't know what to do. Like if I feel like I, I've tried everything and like it's not working and I don't know how to fix the scenario or even worse, I can't figure out what the problem is. I will just spiral at that point. Yeah. Spiraling is scary, man. Especially if you're dealing with both anxiety, like and depression. I mean, those two things, like I kind of see like at my, at my site, like kind of go hand in hand, you know, people, people can tend to, to, get depressed that they have like some kind of general anxiety disorder or might get anxious because they're depressed and depression can just cause fatigue and, and kind of like lack of interest in shit. And it can it cause a lot of stuff that puts shit off, right? Causes a lot of procrastination or, or whatever else might happen. And then you start getting anxiety over that. Or maybe you have some, maybe someone has like some type of, someone will come in with some type of like already kind of like cognitive issue right? Or some kind of thinking pattern that's causing both of those, right? It's, it, it can be really easy to get trapped in those cognitive distortions when you're dealing with like mental illness, you know? Yeah. My, uh, my mother said just about the same thing to me last night that my, my depression is probably coming from the fact that I'm, I am depressed about being anxious about my anxiety. Because uh, <laughs> uh, especially this past, this past week has just been nuts yeah yeah uh, i have just I, I i watched some video it came across my my youtube like suggestions and it was about depression and uh i've always had this attitude about my depression of like i can handle my depression like if, it, if depression comes on like i can usually wait it out like um i know it's not gonna be a forever thing um yeah. but uh, anxiety always feels like it's this this constantly evolving beast like every time i figure out how to uh take care of it, it it alters in some way and now i'm again trying to figure out how to take care of that mm -hmm. and this past week watching that video especially as it's kind of ticking off all of these things about depression i realized that you know perhaps i've been downplaying the depression side of things or it's you know what my mother suggested about you're probably feeling so depressed because of your, your anxiety and it's just this cycle. Yeah. And I've definitely uh, had, I've just had no energy. I have no focus whatsoever. I, I can't even get into doing the things that I enjoy doing. Uh, and it's definitely, it's definitely been a bummer, but you know, I, I'm trying, I'm trying. When you were like, you want to reschedule for tomorrow? I'm like, nah, this is what mental health Mondays are all about. <laughs> yeah. 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 Great, man. Well, one, I'm, I'm sorry you're you're dealing with that. You know, I almost everyone deals with some kind of not. Um, I don't know. So every everyone like at some point in life deals with a period of anxiety, like or depression, right? But when it gets disordered, is when it just lasts and lasts and lasts for for as long as you could remember, right? And another thing that makes it disordered is just how it affects like your daily living, right? Or or how you communicate with others or like how you're like taking care of yourself. You know, it's, there are points where it can be crippling and some people also learn to manage with depression for their entire life. Seemingly like the way I kind of see mental health disorders is like, I see any other kind of like physical ailment, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like um, a breakup might as well be kind of like a broken limb, right? I mean, I know like the, the comparison might be a little like crude for some people, but 
like you would go to your dentist, right? You would go to your primary care provider, your like family doctor, right? You would also go to your therapist for similar reasons. It's all health, like your mind, your body, your soul, it's all connected, right? So I, I don't know, I, I really like advocate like people, even who, who don't feel like anything's wrong to still go and like maybe like see a therapist or get some type of mental health consultation right just as a checkup it's just like a checkup so i mean i don't don't know i mean just to like kind of like go back to what you're talking about with your depression and and what you're dealing with kind of reminds me of i don't know just a question i wanted to ask of like what is something you wanted to get back to right well i mean like i know for you know one big thing is, is like Chase and Shep stuff. I mean, uh, just being able to write uh, right now, trying to get some of our scripts written and stuff has just been very difficult to sit down and focus on. Uh, and it, it doesn't help that, you know, my anxiety disorder is, is it, it converts it physically. So I have these seizures and stuff because of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's kind of been why I like, I don't know. You asked us, you know, at the before we started the show, kind of what led us to doing the mental health Mondays. Mm-hmm. It was pretty much that. It was pretty much the condition that I have, uh, pseudo seizures, or, or what they're called, or, or psychogenic non-epileptic seizures. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was it was something that I had to go on my own journey and figure out for myself. I, I had to go see a therapist. I, I had to uh, uh, figure out ways to cope. And, and deal with it because most doctors kind of shrug their shoulders at me and go, we don't know what to do about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just so much in the years dealing with this. And, and especially as it became harder and harder for me to work and it was really affecting my life. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it's just the way things are so stigmatized even today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's definitely a big, push behind Mental Health Monday was to start talking about things more and breaking some of those stigmas. Uh, Because it is surprising sometimes to me uh, just how stigmatized some of this stuff still is. Um, But at the same time, I can't say I don't go through it. I do understand it uh, in a sense where, you know, there are are days where uh, I was just talking to my my cousin last night where um, there, there are days where I feel like, you know, am I just crazy? Am I just making shit up? in my head uh but when it comes down to it hell no i I would not choose to live my life this way this is miserable (laughs) you know i don't choose to to be this way Mm -hmm. Uh, but i do have to choose how to handle it how to deal with it and move forward yeah i'm sorry deal with that man it sounds tough i mean i don't know what it's like but it still sounds tough and i hope you're getting like some some decent like help or like attending to that in some way you know oh definitely i've Got a pretty dope therapist. <laughs> she's she's pretty good, uh, and I've taken a lot of that, uh, and that's that's kind of what led me into getting into Buddhism and stuff like that as well, and, and just the spirituality side of things. That that really helped me in dealing with anxiety and just trying to calm things down and start looking at life in uh, a little more simpler terms. Because I think as human beings, we tend to complicate things more so than we need to uh a lot of stress is usually self-made yeah i mean with stress it's 
it depends, right? There's a lot of contributors to stress. It could be, it could be self-made, right? And that's that's largely what it is, right? And and when we look at it, like, how is it self-made? You know, like, is it self-made in the sense that we're working ourselves up? Is it self-made in the sense that maybe our neurochemistry is a little off, right? Like, what might it be? Or maybe it's like a mixture of both, you know. Mm-hmm. And also like those external factors, right? Like it's stressful having any type of loss. It's stressful being isolated at some points during COVID, right? And maybe you're dealing with those like external kind of like sources and those internal sources, right? Which can turn stress into anything, right? Right. Which is where we get into that kind of like mental health, like illness zone as if that all those forms of stress combine and they last like so long. They just last over time, you know? Yeah, well, like, you know, I've, I've went through my depressions, my ups and downs, and I wouldn't say it's really ever been out of the norm from from a regular person, you know, to, mm-hmm. you know, obviously go through breakups. I've went through divorces, you know, stuff like that. I've had some I've had some traumas, you know, I'll never say that. But the therapy that I always chose never was in an office or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? It was uh, a a different route. I chose to go around, get to see the world and talk to people and learn and, and figure out life and how I felt. And a lot of it was, you know, self-reflection and stuff. Um, So I've got to see mental health affect a lot of people around me in my life. You know, (laughs) even since I was a child up till now, um, so I, I'm glad that I don't, you know, have to deal with it any more out of the, out of the norm, you know, like than what we're all already talking about. A lot of my depression's always been self-made. I get into a funk and I keep myself there just because, you know, why not? What, you know, what does it matter? And all that kind of shit. You have to work it up. You have to build yourself up and get out of that. Or, you know, anxieties, you know, again, you know, I did music when I was way young. So I, I got to go on stage in front of play, you know, tons of people I didn't know and do these songs. Me and my buddies wrote. And so when you do those things, you know, it kills a lot of anxiety in life. You know, you're like, oh, go up and talk to that person. Shit, whatever. OK. Um, and then, you know, especially going around the world, too, because it's like, damn, I hope I hope the fuck I never see this person again. So I can go up and say what's up, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. you know, you were talking like uh, you feel like everybody should, even if they feel good, you know, even if, if it's like a checkup, like a consultation, go see. Uh, so like to, to add, you know, a question on my end to it would be somebody like me uh, who's never been in doing that. How do you go about figuring that? Like, how do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. I mean, I think it starts with doing like a, it can start a couple different ways. Um, one way it can start is like kind of like on your own, like starting your own journey. And I think that all kind of depends on like, Oh, I noticed like I've been doing this, this bad, this quote unquote, like bad thing a lot. Right. So maybe I do like some self research, right. It can start at research. It starts, um, with just like learning about like anxiety in general and depression, right? And not not learning about mental illness from like a Reddit post or anything, but like 
going to like a YouTube channel that features like like uh, like hypnotherapists or or psychiatrists or family doctors or something and listening to what they have to listening to what professionals have to say about the topic, right? Um, and then maybe once you've done like your own exploration, maybe you decide you want to give like therapy a try, and then like you can still do your own research and kind of like looking at, okay, um, I'm this demographic, let me look for this type of demographic of person, right? And you, you could do private practice, you could do like a, like an individual company, like it's up to you, really. Um, and you just give them a call, you know, and can ask for more information. Um, the way that a lot of people at my site have gotten mental health care is because they had maybe like, um, they got hospitalized because they were threatening suicide or um, they were just using too many substances, got hospitalized for an overdose. It's it's a lot of hospitalizations you might see, or maybe they spent some time to to kind of like reflect on, on some kind of like trauma or something, right? Um, and brought themselves in. So like one of those two kind of methods. Now, kind of like a word of like caution, I guess it's not caution, but just something to be mindful of is that even if you think you're fine, you know, you're going in and out like the day to day doing, doing your thing and you're happy. Right. And then you decide, maybe I do want to try um, some mental health treatment, right. You might find out some things you didn't know that you might not have wanted to know. Right. You might open some kind of can of worms, right. You might unlock kind of like some old trauma you didn't think was trauma or something like that. Right. So that's one thing to be aware of. If you want to go into kind of like um, kind of that exploration, that mental health journey, I guess. For some people, it's more mental health and a little spiritual. And for other people, it's like equal sides of both, right? And kind of like you were mentioning earlier, Shep, like when you are dealing with your kind of mental health stuff, like it's healthy to feel those feelings, right? If you're having that anxiety, let yourself feel that anxiety for a little bit and give it its space, you know? I think um, issues can really kind of come about when those feelings come up and you keep denying them, right? Because one, they're telling you something. Your emotions are always telling you stuff, right? Everything your brain is experiencing, the information is giving you, like especially the, the neurochemical information like emotions, that means, hey, something's happening right? Or, or you need to attend to this, right? That's why I kind of like, <laughs> I, I really encourage like thoughts, sure, give them some attention, right? But emotions are, are the most important to like give attention to, right? Because they, they can be your, your warning signs, right? If you're, if you have an interview coming up and you're getting an anxiety, kind of like, um, not episode, but you're just getting those emotions coming up, right? Those are anticipatory emotions, right? It's that anxiety is telling you, hey, something's coming up, get ready, right? And at the same time, where it can be more ineffective, right, when you might need to go get some consultation or maybe some help is when that anxiety is like so high that you're having a panic attack just thinking about an interview, right? Um, maybe that takes some attending too, but yeah, just kind of we're to the wise about if you notice nothing's kind of coming up for you on the day-to-day -day, or you don't really have some kind of concrete reason to go to therapy some things might come up that you weren't prepared to like hear you know here's something funny so i've noticed you know a few people in my life that will 
try therapy out and mm -hmm. on their their first go they really don't like the therapist that they have uh and there's there's usually there's because i've 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 had two different therapists in my life and the first mm -hmm. one i didn't vibe with as well but the second mm -hmm. one i mean i've been seeing her for years uh mm -hmm. and i've seen a lot of people just give up after that that first try yeah um but i've also seen a lot of people who go to therapy thinking that it is the therapist's job to fix you mm -hmm. uh, when it's, you know more so the therapists are there to give you tools uh and, and it's a lot of, of self-work and, and looking inward uh and we're very pro feel your feelings here at chasing chef so we're okay. with everything you're just saying yeah i think that's a good point to to talk about is like therapy's not going to help you until you're ready for that help you know um there are people who come to treatment i have a patient in my cohort right now who's here and I heard about this, but I don't know what this is. My coworker mentioned this person having like main character syndrome, right? Where in their life, they are the center of the universe, right? And everyone else around them is kind of there for the ride, right? And I kind of see that play out. I think this person, um, they wanted to come to therapy and get help on some things, right? But when you kind of like are pointing out like, hey, you need to work on this, they don't feel like they need to. The, this person's probably not going to get a lot out of treatment because they're not going into it with an open mind. That's kind of what it takes. It takes like the desire to change. It also takes kind of like a, a, a curiosity. It takes curiosity, right? It takes kind of like um, curiosity and also vulnerability, you know, and, and that's that vulnerability is just going to help you throughout the whole thing. And you're going to feel hurt at some points and you're supposed to feel hurt at some points and you're going to feel progress and then probably some hurt again. And that's just kind of like, like the general treatment model. And I think one of your fans just said, please, I am the main character. Don't, don't entertain that. Because, <laughs> you know, um, it doesn't, it doesn't do you a lot of favors to act that out. Having that main character mentality might be able to help you, right? It might be something that says, you know what, I do deserve to advocate for my needs. I do deserve this interview. I do deserve this raise, right? I deserve this high test score, whatever it might be, right? That kind of aspect can help you, right? But when you're kind of talking to people and interacting with people with that in mind and how maybe they're background characters, then that's not... Um, that's not going to be helpful in treatment and life, you know, whatever. Right. If you look at it as everybody's the main character of their own story. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, you good. Yeah. You good then. Yeah, but yeah. When you're thinking, ah, that's just an NPC. Fuck them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking with the video game metaphor because like, that's a helpful mentality too to have because it's the truth basically, right? We're all the main characters of our own lives, right? Mm -hmm. Like we yeah. don't matter to anyone else more than ourselves, right? We know, we know what we need most, even if we don't know it consciously, subconsciously, we know what we need, we know what we want, right? And sometimes it takes like some digging with another person, right? Sometimes we do need to bounce that out. It's a good parallel with how people bounce out their emotions with art with making music, with making movies, with making, 
I don't know, whatever your, your art outlet is, we can, we can relate through that somehow. Right. Which is how some forms of therapy are useful. Right. And the same thing can happen when you're talking to another person. I mean, another person might as well be a work of art in themselves. We're all complex. That's why therapy can help. That's why therapy works. Right. It's because we can have all these ideas in our head and all these goals in our head and all of this, all of this junk just swirling around. Right. But we also have 10,000 thoughts a day. Right. So we might be trying to figure out our own issues. Right. Which can be helpful. Right. And at the same time, therapy is useful for a lot of people because of how those ruminating thoughts can get can kind of like get that self-evaluation trapped up. Right. So, yeah. I definitely uh, think that uh, educating yourself on, on mental health is important. Mm -hmm. even if, like you were saying, even if you don't think something's necessarily wrong with you, mm -hmm. uh, you deal with something, you know, I've, in, in my own journey, I've, I've researched other disorders and, and mm -hmm. other mental health problems and stuff. And, and in doing that, uh, it has helped me understand other people better mm -hmm. uh, in my mm -hmm. life. It, it even alleviates some problems in my life where, as before, with certain people, like, you know, I didn't know a whole lot about bipolar disorder um, mm -hmm. for a while. And being around people who are bipolar, it's very easy to get offended by these people. It's very easy to uh, just be like, whoa, what, where's this coming from? Like, why are you a dick? Like, you know, and uh, now that I understand it better, um, it, it's something that helps me deal with those people. I'm more patient with them. I'm more loving and, and caring of these people uh, because I've educated myself more. And I know since uh, going through everything that I've been going through, this started for me in, at the end of 2015, I believe. And uh, uh, since then, my, my mother has educated herself uh, a ton on, on mental health issues. And I've seen how that's affected her life uh, with, with those around her. Uh, she's able to spot things earlier on with my youngest sister now, things that uh, you know, she can look in hindsight and be like, ah, this makes a lot more sense with my kids and, and why they acted the way they acted and what this might be and what this might be. Uh, so I definitely advocate for educating yourself on, on mental health. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I've definitely done my fair share of reading into a lot mm -hmm. of different things on mental health mm -hmm. over the time. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's something, it can be like even like kind of interesting to just dive into. And it could also be like helpful when you kind of like see like, um, I don't know, popular figures, for example, like when you see Kanye, right? And I don't know what your opinions are on Kanye, but I have my own opinions on Kanye. And um, and it's like people see him and they see him standing on a table lecturing at people at a school, right? And they go, oh, he's so prolific. He's, um, he's such a great artist. Like, this is what a, a genius looks like, right? And it's like, well, he has like one of like our he's like one of like the greatest like um musical artists in our time right and at the same time he deals with bipolar disorder as well right he has his manic episodes right he's had a lot of transformations in his life you know he's had his weight issues and substance abuse issues he's had his manic and depressive episodes he's had loss of family that probably made those worse right 
Um, and I'm not sure where I was going with that, but it had something to do with what you were saying. But like, yeah, um, kind of when you, when you, oh, that's where I was going. When you kind of like understand like what people are going, well, what people can go through, like mental health wise, it does help your understanding and your outlook on life, right? Because then you don't see this person as like a bad object. You see them as an object that could use some help or an object that's, that's sick, that can be sick, right? Just like you would, you would view someone who has like a heart condition or someone who has diabetes, right? Someone with bipolar or someone with borderline personality disorder, they're going to say and do some fucked up shit. And it's because of what's going on, like in their, in their mind, you know, and that in itself is already tough enough, right? Like having bipolar and having borderline and having like general anxiety or maybe autism spectrum disorder, right? Being kind of like on the spectrum that can lead to other shit, right? Like, for example, today I had a, a new group member in my cohort and they were periodically having um, episodes throughout the day. They, they told me that they were having auditory hallucinations as the group was going on, right? And it was kind of difficult kind of balancing, like helping them and helping the whole group when I'm alone, but kind of like when you have bipolar disorder, like that patient had, that can bring on other symptoms of other shit, right? Like if you, if you know that someone's like having auditory hallucinations, what are you thinking? Right. When you when you hear hallucinations, maybe you're thinking schizophrenia, maybe you're thinking psychosis or something. Right. But thing like like disorders so invasive and so acute and so chronic, they can bring on effects of schizophrenia, like the hallucinations. Right. Drugs can do the same thing. Right. Any kind of any kind of amphetamines. There are a lot of stimulants out there that if you're just taking so much every every single day, those can bring about symptoms. Those can bring about symptoms of even just a, not even like the, the scarier stuff, right? Like schizophrenia or like just other kind of like psychotic disorders. It can bring on depression and anxiety, depending on, of course, your situation, your cognitive tools, your amount of use, things like that, right? Yeah. Uh, something that was thrown at me once uh, I was in a relationship years ago that wasn't the greatest and, and I had talked to somebody about it and I was explaining to them that she deals with her own mental issues and, and I was basically told that at a certain point that's not an excuse in a relationship uh, I'm trying to think of how to word this, but uh, I, that was interesting to me. That was something that I definitely had to grapple with. Like, where is that line of understanding where they're coming from because of what they deal with? And then, you know, what's too much? For me, I, I think I got to the point where I realized she had no desire to help herself, which was where I drew my line with, with mm -hmm. where making excuses because she has a, a mental issue was, was not okay at a certain point. Could you clarify the situation? So she was having some mental health challenges going on and she exhibited a lot of, uh, I believe borderline, uh, 
personality stuff. I had, you know, I had, I had looked into it more. She she was the one that introduced this idea to me. That she was the one that had it. So you know, I was like, okay, well, thanks for telling me this. I will look into this. I will do research so that I can understand you better, so that we can work through this. Uh, but then she'd backtrack and be like, no, that's no. Now you're just calling me crazy and all this other stuff. And then she, you know, wouldn't want to get help and and she would she would gaslight me a lot. She put a lot of stuff on me. And, and at a certain point, you know, and she had uh, OCD as well. Uh, and, and that had, so I learned a lot. I learned a lot about OCD uh, with with her because, I mean, that's something that when most people think OCD, they think, oh, they're just like hyper clean and, and very like anal retentive. And I don't think people understand just how complicated OCD can be for some people. Um, and so I, you know, there were a lot of times where I would forgive her behavior because of these things, uh, even though she wouldn't get the help for these things, I would forgive her because uh, I did the research and I understood what was happening. Uh, but at a certain point when, uh, sort of, I sort of went with her. Uh, but uh, at a certain point when I realized that she was just taking a lot of stuff out on me and had no desire to go with me and help herself out of her own situation, I realized that, okay, this is more abusive now it seems rather than uh, I don't know. I felt like I was making excuses for her at a certain point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sounds like a tough situation, man. I mean, I don't know. With all this, with all this uh, diagnosing, maybe you should go into mental health. <laughs> sounds is, like you've been doing your research. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did almost go to school for psych uh, at the yeah. end of last year, but then uh, the Jason Ship show happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The rest is history. You can't do both. I am doing both. That's what we're doing right now. Uh -huh. Okay. I was talking about the schooling part, but okay, I get you. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, man, it's tough. Um, when you are kind of like seeing these things and like people and and they don't have any kind of like desire to change their their behavior, you know, despite like your insights and you're kind of like not completely objective, but semi-objective. Cause if it's someone you love, especially like with a partner, like our, our views on our partner are always going to be biased, right? Cause they're our partner, right? And regardless if that's your, your wife, girlfriend, husband, boyfriend, fiance, whatever, um, them, their friend, whatever it might be. Right. Um, yeah, that's tough, man, because some people just don't want help. Some people just don't want help. And the most that you can do in those situations is just accept the fact that they don't want help because then it'll only help you, right? And it'll help you do what you need to do to get out of the situation, right? So, yeah. I was in that same boat once too in a relationship with somebody with BPD. <clears throat> I mean, that's a tough one to have to deal with, man. You know, having to watch her go through that was, was fucked up too, but... At the end of the day, it's just like, you know, when, when, when you ain't going and taking them steps to help yourself, there ain't no help I can give you. I'm giving you all the support I can, but it's not working because you're not taking that initial step to go help yourself. I think that's yeah. how I started bonding too, Shep. When we first met, I was in that relationship and we had that conversation. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. because it was uh, – 
you know, it was opening for me because that was the first person with like a serious, huge mental illness that I was in a relationship with. And, uh, you know, it was one of those that I didn't really know because it was just a girl I'd met and we'd crossed paths and dated for a few months and broke up for a while. And then when we got back together real quick, it was like, we should get married. You know, she hit me up. We should get married. And I was like, oh, shit. Well, I ain't never going to have a girl ask me to get married again. So why not say sure? And then it was, oh, shit. Well, it's a leap year. We should just get married on February 29th, you know, in two weeks. Because that's, you know, and it was like, okay. And then next thing you know, it's like, you know, borderline personality disorder. And it's like, oh. What are some things you, what are some things you thought made her borderline? What were some of those? I mean, this was like, she knew, like it was confirmed by her that, that it, she was, but you know, she it was one of the most, oh yeah. And, and it was one of those things that, you know, like when we first were getting, you know, we got married, she's like, no, you know, I got under control. I've been seeing my therapist. I take my medicine, this and that. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, well, uh, you know, I'm a musician. She was an entertainer as well. So she mm-hmm. was on the road a lot. I was doing concerts a lot. So, you know, that, that was the part where we vibed a lot with our relationship and why we were so good was because I understood her like no other guys, you know, besides people within the same business, which she didn't like, you know, at the time she was all like, I don't want to be with anybody in my business. Mm -hmm. It was like, I I understood being an entertainer and, and your image and your brand and all this kind of shit. Uh, like even now I still won't, I won't like name drop her or no shit. Cause I don't, I ain't trying to, you know, fuck mm-hmm. her brand up or no shit, but, uh, you know, she, she, you know, she, Oh, I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. And the next thing, you know, I'm trying to learn about a disease like, mm-hmm. and you know, with her, it's just one of those things. It's like, well, can I go with you to your, you know, with, when you talk to your therapist, can I go with you and, and, and be there? Like we're married. Can I be there too? Maybe talk to your, she'd be like, no. Okay, well, mm-hmm. what, what more at that point can I do there besides go, all right. And then it's like, you know, oh, well, I stopped taking my medicine, you know, oh, you know, but you'll never find that out. Like the day she's like, hey, I think today I'm going to stop taking my medicine. No, it's, oh, I stopped taking my medicine, you know, two months ago. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, well, that's why things have been shit lately. You know, like yeah. you should not do that. Or mm-hmm. I haven't really been going and seeing my therapist. I've been just going to the park and sitting there and, and it's like, you know, like. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, like where, where Chase is at, it's like, I vibe with that, you know, like it got to a point where I had to look at myself and go like, my mental health is on the line right now because I'm starting mm-hmm. to get real fucked up here by having somebody, you know, cause it was got to a point where she'd tell me, I was like, oh, you're so disgusting and stuff. And I was just like making, sitting around making music. I'm like, I'm, how am I disgusting? And then she'd be like, why don't you want to come cuddle with me right now. It's like, you just called me disgusting, dude. That's why like, mm-hmm. shit, I feel like an, like a, a loser. Mm-hmm. And you gotta, you know, I had to start, there was a lot of things going on in my life at the time too. Mm-hmm. And you have to start looking at your own mental health and being like, you know, yeah. we're, not, we're not really being good for each other right now because my mental health is going South too with yours. You're clear. You know, she was clearly depressed towards the end of our relationship. Uh, and, and it was just not good. And it's like, you need to, you need to get out there and and get help. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I need to get back on my feet and get, you know, my, my mind. Right. And it took, you know, like for me, it took a while and 
she was that type of person. It's like, you got to be thrown out. She had to be thrown out there until she had no other options. She wouldn't try to get the help she needed. But I think she's doing good now. I don't know. but Yeah, let's hope so. Right. I, so I really do, though, because, you know, like, you know, even I, I, I had many conversations and I tell her, like, deep down, she's a great person, you know. All that shit that went south between me and her then, that wasn't, you know, that was all that shit going down up there. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I, there's nothing that I could do at all to prevent or change or any of that, you know, unless she, she wanted to get the help. And I, I, you know, like I said, I believe she has since. Yeah, it sounds like you wanted to advocate for her like treatment too, you know, asking well, I her just, about her meds and wanting to go to her, her appointments. And stuff. I just wanted to learn about it mm-hmm. and be able to learn, you know, like she, you know, like I, we, I could talk about borderline personality all day with her and mm-hmm. get what she has to tell me about it. But it's like, well, can I go talk to a, you know, your therapist and be like, so how do mm-hmm. I, you know, if she's in one of these episodes, what's the best way of, you know, for me to deal with that? What's the best way for me mm-hmm. to remind her, you know, of reality and get her, you know, yeah. or she's disassociating and, mm-hmm. and, you know, how, how, you know, like, how do I deal with that? You know, cause mm-hmm. I, I had no experience. So of course, you know, if she laid in bed for four days, there'd get to a point where I'd be like, you know, God damn it. You, know, you should take care of yourself. You're just laying mm-hmm. in bed, you know? And that's, not what she needed to hear. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it would get a complete opposite of what we were, you know, what I was trying to accomplish is like, Hey, get up and take a shower. Let's get, you know, get something to eat. Like she just, we'd argue and she'd, you know, just mm-hmm. go right back to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Now you, she told you she had borderline or bipolar disorder. Borderline personality. Borderline. Disorder. Okay. Yeah. And and then I guess like with that, I wanted to ask you too, Chase, what made you think that your your former partner had um, those diagnoses? What kind of tripped you off of that based on your kind of... Well, like I, what got me started down that path was that she said it. Like she just said it outright. Like this is, this is what I have. Um, and as I realized that she hadn't, you know, uh, been diagnosed with it, um, I did my own research because I didn't know anything about borderline. Um, Mm -hmm. So I read up on it and the more I read up on it, the more boxes were being checked. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it seems like a lot of this shit goes down on a pretty regular basis uh, in this relationship. And so Mm -hmm. it was one of those things that I, I tried to advocate for, for her treatment. And so, and I, and I was in therapy at the time and uh, before I met her, you know, I, had just come back from living in Tennessee and was dealing with my, my seizures. And I, I built myself up and I figured out ways to deal with my anxiety and my depression. Mm-hmm. And when I entered into this relationship with her. She started chipping away at those things. And, in t- and like, and she pretty much told me that she was like intentionally like breaking me down at times. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's just not cool. Like you, you can't do this to me. And so, you know, I started advocating for, you know, I think maybe you should go see a therapist as well with everything that you're telling me and everything that you think is is wrong with you. From the research I'm doing here, it sounds like that might be the case. But I'm not a therapist. I'm not a professional to sit here and go, yes, like this is this is it. Um, and she, you know, she would do things similar to 
what Shep was just saying, where, you know, uh, just really fuck with my head a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, uh, like, especially like, uh, like sex stuff. She would be like, she would tell me she didn't want to have sex. She's like, mm -hmm. it's not something I want to do. Uh, until we're like married and all that stuff, like it's just not something. I, and I completely respected that. I said that's absolutely fine. But then she'd be sitting there and then go, "Why don't you ever initiate anything? Why don't you ever like come on to me? Why don't you ever do these things?" And I told her, "You told me you don't want to have sex." And she's like, "Oh well, I do." And then I'd have this whole conversation with her about, "I do not want to do something if it's not something you want to do." And I and mm -hmm. I that's something I take very seriously. And I, and I have this whole conversation with her and then we would have sex. And at the end of it, she'd be like, I didn't, I didn't want to do that. Mm, you yeah. can't do this to me. That's not okay. <laughs> what is happening yeah. here? This, is, this yeah. is not okay. Like you were, you know, it's not right. But I, yeah. I pushed for, for the therapy and, and by the end of that relationship, she did start going to therapy. Um, but it just mm -hmm. felt like the wrong reasons. It felt like it was turning into this pissing contest. Mm -hmm. um, whereas like I'd go see my therapist and talk to her and come back with like, she'd give me methods to, to talk to my girlfriend, like things like, you know, the, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with like, I'm trying to think of what it is, like certain phrases, like wording things, uh, in a way that's not placing blame yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Probably um, like using dialectics or something. Yeah. And, Just, uh, mm -hmm. so, you know, she, she'd give me these things to go back and, and, and talk with her, whereas she'd go talk to her therapist and just come back and, and tell me, like, oh, well, she says this, 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 and this about you. And I'm just like, well, do you do the same thing with your therapist that you do with your friends and family where you just make shit up about me all the time and omit details about stories and, mm -hmm. and I'm there and they're they're hearing the other parts of it? They're like, oh, well, that changes things quite, quite substantially. I'm like, I didn't mm -hmm. ask you to go to therapy so that you could just come and be an asshole to me. <laughs> like, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't ask you to go get back up. I, yeah. I wanted you to go get help because I love you and I and I do want this to work because I did love her. I, you know, I loved her a lot. That's why we were in a relationship for as long as we were. But mm -hmm. at the same time, I had done a lot of work at that point to work mm -hmm. on my own mental health where I knew where I had to draw a line and say, I have to take care of myself. If, if mm -hmm. you aren't willing to take care of yourself, I'm sorry. And mm -hmm. I, I gotta go my separate ways here. Yeah, yeah, you have to do what's right for you in those moments, man. Yeah, um, yeah, we have a lot of people who come in with wanting to learn about like how they can communicate and advocate for their partner who's also dealing with like mental health challenges. And first off, I just want to say that I'm sorry y'all went through that. That's I, that would be like so confusing constantly and so just emotionally draining and frustrating just at like every single point in the relationship, you know, and also that wherever those ladies are, <laughs> they're doing well, you know, yeah. um, getting the help that they need and thriving in life. You know? No, for real though. For, real. Like too, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's a challenge, man, because I think whenever I've seen relationships with borderline, kind of like borderline people kind of um, finding themselves thriving in relationships, it's not with people who are more neurotypical um, and they're like ways of thinking there. They'll sometimes get with like, and stay with like people who have narcissistic personality disorder, right? Because they'll, they'll get, um, 
they'll be able to like constantly like reaffirm, re reaffirm like the other person and the narcissist is just going to eat it up. Right. Like, I don't know how it always happens, but it happens like a lot. Right. And I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not like trying to like label either of you. I'm just saying like when, when borderline people get in relationships that they find themselves like having some success in, it's a lot of times with, with people who have like a lot of narcissistic traits. So that's what I was kind of thinking. I was like, I hope those ladies are not in other relationships where that's kind of like going on, but yeah. Yeah. yeah I would hope not either. I know I don't mm -hmm. give off any sorts of narcissism traits. I know yeah. for mine, mine was more, so she was wanting to live, you know, like a, a nice stable life that we mm -hmm. should, you know, you know, we should have at our age and mm -hmm. then have her entertainer life on the side. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where we started button heads originally was because mm -hmm. I was like, yo, you're involved in all my entertainment life. You know, you go, you go to all my concerts, all this shit, but on your end, you won't even let me go to it. Like it's kind of, yeah. Nice. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's, that sucks, man. That sucks. But I mean, out of that, y'all made a whole podcast and y'all right. are teaching yourselves about mental health and y'all are having people on who are like therapists and in the field, like kind of coming on. So that's some goodness that came out of it. I'm oh, no, for real. Definitely. Yeah. That's always the perspective I've, I've taken on a lot of things on, mm -hmm. on all the bad moments of my life. I, I once had somebody say something to me about don't romanticize things in your life. I, I'm not romanticizing mm -hmm. things. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is I'm learning. I'm learning from these things. I can see bad situations as good things and not romanticize it. You know, it's still a bad situation. It's still trauma, but I'm yeah. learning from it. I am, I'm, I'm growing out of this. Mm -hmm. uh, it's usually those bad moments that we do grow, you know, uh, it is those negative moments that help us grow in, in the long run. Anyone who tells me to not romanticize everything in life is just like, I'm going to romanticize some shit. You know, I'm gonna romanticize yeah. at some points, and even even if you do romanticize some stuff, it's okay. Like, it's a concept for a reason. You know, it, romanticizing things can help with your your creativity, can help with your drive and your motivation, man. Like, hey, romanticize whatever you want um, in a balanced way, of course, right? Right. Yeah. right. But yeah, yeah, romanticize life sometimes, and also you can you can romanticize shit. And I feel like you can also acknowledge like the gravity and reality of whatever the fuck's going on, right? I think you can kind of like do both. Yeah. Look at this. I like your guest. He's pretty cool, my fave guest so far. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I don't know who this chick is. She's been blowing us up all night. I don't know, but I gotta find a way to message her after and get her digits or something, man. Y'all have any other um, or any more kind of like mental health questions? Any kind of like mental health things y'all want to know about? Chef, anything? No, man. It's been, it's been a really good. It's been a really good discussion tonight. Yeah, I felt a little late yeah. tonight, but I'm not on my A game today. But you felt a little what? You felt a little what? Oh, I just I said I felt a little rambly tonight. A rambly, I wasn't yeah. uh, uh, quite coherent on some of the things I was trying to get at, but like, I oh, me either. It's okay, man. Like, I find that <laughs> it's so funny because people when people find out I'm a therapist, 
then that that quote unquote rambly stuff can happen. You know, people because like when even when you're a therapist like me, it's like I know I have the tendency to like go into like listening mode when someone's talking about something important to them, right? So I will just like, I'll just watch and let you do your thing. You know, I, so I think it's on both of us. <laughs> so blame both of us. You know? All in all though, I'm, I'm happy with that. So thanks for joining us tonight, man. Yeah, yeah. thank you, man. No problem. No problem. It's good. been a good one. Another, another mental health Monday in the books. I might not be here on Wednesday. Shep might be flying solo dolo. We'll find out. I have some, some family stuff to attend. But Darian, thanks again. Thank you, bro. Yeah, no problem. Peace. Peace.